0: Hallelujah! If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you, Lord, to just use me as a mouthpiece. Anoint this word to our understanding. Give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Lord, give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us this morning. Give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path, Father. We thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, Amen. The name of the message this morning is, follow the scent. You can be seated. Follow the scent. <laughs> but you're going to spell that S-E-N-T. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amen. Follow the scent. Amen. He said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And that will go for us. That us, I have no idea why they put that in there because for us is nowhere in the original text. It doesn't even reference those two words together. There's no reference to it at all in the, in the, uh, so I have no idea why they put that for us there, but. It's not in the original text. It's not in the in the Hebrew. Whom will go? And uh, the for or the us is neither one in there. It's not for I or for me or for anything. It doesn't say for anything there. The word for us is not represented in the in the uh, Hebrew. Whom will go? And it said. Then said I. Here am I. Send me. And he said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about being sent of God. As we said before, as I said earlier, and it kind of just went right along with this, if the Lord build not the house, they labor in vain that build it. No doubt there are many throughout this world that have made a profession out of A pulpit. Church is a business to them. And it is not the Father's business, but it is a monetary business. And it's become quite the monetary business in many places, and especially in America. There have been many people that just because their daddy was a preacher, they became a preacher. There have been many people just because they felt like they could do it, Decided to do it. But the Bible says, if it be not built of the Lord, they labor in vain to build it. And so I want to talk to you this morning about being sent. Follow the sent. He said that His Word would not... Return void. But it would accomplish that that pleased him. And it would accomplish that whereunto he sent it. It would prosper in the thing whereunto he sent it. He sent it. He sent his word. He sent his word. He sent his word... word By his prophets, by his people, by preachers, many different ways did he send his word to be preached. There are many look-alikes, sound-alikes in the land, but if they're not sent of God, they ain't no power in them. He sent the name of Jesus. He sent that name, and he gave all power to that name. Look at Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to go to verse 11. Here is where he was getting ready to send Moses. Look at 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I want you to understand something this morning. You're not ever gonna know it all. I'm never gonna know it all. And it hath not yet appeared what you shall be. Amen. It hath not yet appeared what Corky shall be. Amen. We can't see what God's doing because listen, we try to, how many of you know we try to figure it out? See, you're already trying to figure out how you're going to be a writer. Because you heard Jesus mention you're going to be a writer. You're already trying to figure out, what? well, what am I going to do? Am I going to write a book? Am I going to write this? Am I going to write that? See, but the thing is, God will let you know when He sends it, when He sends you. He's going to send you to do whatever it is that He wants you to do. He's going to tell you to do it. Amen. He called Moses, and He called Moses, and then He said, He said, I'm gonna, he said come. First he said come and then he said I'm gonna send you unto Pharaoh. See? Now, he's calling Corky. Corky don't have a clue what he's gonna be. Corky don't have a clue what's going on. All he knows, he just thinks he just has them uh, inquiring minds must know. See? But he don't have any idea the Holy Ghost is stirring something up in him and breaking him out of that chain, breaking him out of that, breaking him out of that bowl. He's breaking him out of there. And so He's bringing him unto you to be fed. Before there can be a harvest, there must be a seed sown. And so He's bringing the field to the seed. That's a good thing. Praise God. You don't have to walk around the a bag of seed on your shoulder. He's bringing the field to you. Praise God. And allowing you to sow seed. You know what? Let me tell you something. You know what ground is that you have to go and pour seed on? That's ground that, that uh, most time is not gonna, is not gonna bring forth any fruit. But when the ground comes to the seed, that's ground that's preparing itself to receive the seed. He came with questions. You know what that is? That's loose ground. That's ground that's opening itself up to receive seed. Instead of going over and trying to find some hard ground, it went, what are you doing over here? Oh, did you come over here to watch TV? No, I came over here to, to, uh, to plant some seed. I don't want to hear all that nonsense. Keep that to yourself. You know what that is? That's a parking lot. That's a paved parking lot. You're going to have to drive them seeds down with dynamite. See, that's, that's ground that ain't going to have no seed. But when the ground comes to you asking questions, it's making itself available it's exposing itself to seed it's making itself penetrable amen and so praise god by coming to you and asking questions it allowed you to sow some seed for thought now he has a lot of time to think over there and evidently the holy ghost is giving him some things to think about amen and so Who knows? See, I've been telling, I've been asking the Lord to, to, to speak to him in his sleep. That's what I've been praying. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I said, God, minister to him in his sleep, Lord. Give him dreams. Give him visions. Speak to him in his sleep, Lord. Minister to him. Amen. Amen. Because that's a time when he don't have something in his hand. And that's a time when his mind is at rest and he's not he's not in the, in the turmoil of the battle and that's when he's still and quiet where God can speak to him. Amen. And so I've been praying that God would do that. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we got to stop and listen to that still small voice. Amen. Praise God. Now here, listen to what it said. And Moses said unto God, "Who am I?" that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Listen to what the Lord said. And He said, Certainly, or it is certain, that I will be with thee. How in the world, Lord, am I going to write something? How am I going to write? What am I going to write, Lord? And the Lord said, Certainly, I will be with thee. Let me tell you, when God's in it, you're gonna win it. God ain't a loser. He said His word ain't gonna return, but when He gives, my woo, hallelujah. When God gives you a word, praise God, put it on a paper, hallelujah. When God gives you something to write, write it down. He said, write it in a book, praise God. Hallelujah. Write these words, for they are right and true. Praise God. When God tells you to write something, hallelujah, it's going to win. Hallelujah. It's going to accomplish that which pleases Him, and it's going to prosper in the thing whereunto He sends it. That's right. Sent it. That's right. Hallelujah. God sent it, it ain't going to return void. He said, my word, praise God. Now, here's the key. Write what He said. Let him speak. Amen. Hear the voice of the word. The word has a voice. And he said, my word shall not return void. Amen. See sister, Woo, hallelujah. Ooh, this is good. Praise God. He's just bringing all kind of things this morning. You see sister Gwen. What did you tell your son? You didn't give him a bunch of theory. You didn't give him a bunch of, what you did is you took, you took Gwen Adcock out of the way and put Jesus in there. You said, look, I, it don't matter what I think. Amen. That, you couldn't have said that better if you'd have rehearsed it for 12 years and wrote it down in gold. You'd have, I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have said that any better. It don't matter what we think. The Bible says if man doesn't believe it, does it make the Word of God of none effect? He said, God forbid. Let God be true and every man a liar. So it's not what you think. What you think don't matter to a hill of beans. It ain't going to change nothing. Your thoughts or your theory ain't going to change nothing. The Word of God is unmovable. It's the Word of God. I have to go by the Word of God. Hallelujah. It's forever settled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good stuff. Praise God. It just all ties right in. Hallelujah. And that word, sister, can't return void. But he sent that word. He brought, he brought, he said, you know what he said? He spoke to Corky and said, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He said, come on over here. Come on, go right on over here. How many of you know God can make you stand on your head you don't even know what you're doing? God can make you walk out of that parking lot stand on your head. That's right. God ain't got no problem moving you. He can move you. I guarantee you, God can move you. There ain't never been a chess player like Jesus. He can move you. And He's a thousand moves ahead of you. Amen. He don't move you without intent. He moves you over here But eventually, you're going to be way over yonder. But He may move you back here 12 spaces to get you over yonder. Because He's got a bigger agenda than you and I can see. We can't see what God's doing. He said, hey, my ways are not your ways. Your thoughts are, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. For my thoughts, He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts Amen. See, we can't attain to Him. He's doing something we can't see. That's what we were saying the other day. As We were talking about, I think, Wednesday night. I don't know what God's doing. I just know He's doing it. I don't know how God's going to bring Corky. I just know He's doing it. Hallelujah. I praise God for that. Because, hey, I'm going to tell you, God is bigger than that problem. So much bigger. There ain't no comparison. I mean, God didn't have no hard time. God didn't have to battle to take that drink out of my hand. It wasn't some great big, uh, uh, battle and big feat for Him. Wasn't nothing Him take that drink out of my hand. I just had to have the field ready for that seed. I just had to be ready myself. I had to be ready to turn it loose. And God knows how to bring you to a place where you want to turn something loose. I can tell you. Amen. Now, here Moses says, Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto him, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt... Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Remember, Jesus said, He said, I am the I am. Jesus is the I am. I am he. He's the I am he. Now. So Moses was prosper he was he was going to prosper and listen to what he said. Verse 16 he said, "Go." See that? I don't know if y'all have read that story. Well, what did Jesus send Moses to do? Did it happen that way? Yeah. Okay. So, the conclusion to that story is that Jesus sent him, and he didn't return void. But what God wanted done, what would please God, is that he would go to Egypt, And get his people out of there. And that they would come out and worship him. And he sent him. And it did not return void. But it accomplished that which pleased him. And it prospered in the thing whereunto he sent it. Amen. Amen. So. You know what the children of Israel did? Well, that's true. But along this message, they followed the scent. Moses was sent by God, and he led them out, which means they followed him. They followed the scent. Oh, yeah, they murmured a lot. Sounds kind of like us, don't it? Yep. But you know what? They Some of them got to go into the promised land. Amen. Now, let me tell you, you can try to do things yourself as you no doubt have, and I have as well many times. And I mean to tell you, if effort was anything, buddy, I'd be the richest, most prosperous man probably that ever lived. Because I have tried. I mean to tell you, I've come at it a hundred different ways. But the Bible declares if he ain't in it, you can forget it. It don't matter how hard you try Matter what you do. Now, that devil will use that scripture against you, too. Sometimes that old devil says, Well, see, there, God ain't in it. Because if if God was in it, you'd have 500 people in this church hard as you try. Now, you know, God ain't in it. Because, see, if God was in it, see, but you know what? then God brings things to my mind as I'm ministering or as I begin to begin to service and things like that. God begins to speak to me through His Word and through things that are going on around. And He shows me. He said, hey, you see, you don't know what all I'm doing. i got things going on outside this church that are stemming from this church. And He said, man, listen, (laughs) without this church having been here, it would have had to go a different way. This church is a part of an outreach. Praise God. You know what? It's reaching a guy called Brad. Hallelujah! It's reaching a guy called Corky. Praise God! It's reached several of people uh, with tapes and things like that. It's reaching out to people in different directions. It's ministering to people in Tennessee. It's ministering to people in Houston and ministering to people in uh, in San Antonio and ministering to people uh, toward Magnolia. Praise God. Beaumont, Amen. Lots of places, and I can look on the uh, on the pictures and things uh, that uh, you know I was looking earlier today, and I was looking at a lot of people that we had at a baptism, and and I'm thankful that praise God that God uh, allowed me to baptize so many folks, and, and it's despair, it's it's kind of discouraging sometimes for me to look at that, and that devil to look actually see there where are they at now, where are they at now. You know what? I don't know where they're at. I don't know where they're at. But he said, sow thy seed. Praise God. And so I don't know why, you know, God gives some guys churches with 300 people in it that's Holy Ghost filled and bouncing fireballs off the wall. I don't know why God does that. And then, he, and then some little pole dunk guy like me is over here and it seems like, a, it seems like that, the, uh, things are just uh, throwing things against the wall trying to see what sticks. But I'll tell you what, God lets me know I'm doing something. You just keep plowing. If I wanted you in that field, I'd have started you out in that field. But you're not in that field. Get your eyes off that field. That ain't your field. This is your field. Put your eyes on this field. Keep your eyes on what i got going on right here. There's something going on here. Let me do my work with getting in my way. Don't worry about what I'm doing. You work for me. I am the master. You are the servant. Do what you're told. And I will bring forth the increase in due season. Just faint not. Praise God. I get in my way. I get in my way. But we're a people that tries to figure it out. I'm I'm really bad about that. I'm really bad about that. I'm a thinker, man. And I try to I try to overthink it. I try to figure out how God's gonna do it or what's coming and how this is gonna work. I've had to figure things out for so long in my life that when it didn't work a certain way, I'd have to figure out another way to get it done because not succeeding is not an option. And so I have, I have that in me and it's very difficult to break it. But with God, there's this, this very unique thing called faith it has very little to do with sight. I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that, and, and Lord, forgive me for that. But I have a hard time with that, and, and without faith, you can't please Him. So forgive me for that, Lord. He knows the areas that I lack. And I'm lacking, I'm lacking in that some, I'll tell you. And I, I I think we all could use more strength in that area. I certainly could. Here, the Bible in Luke chapter five, turn there with me. Luke chapter five. We're going to go to verse 4, Luke chapter 5, verse 4. The Bible says, now, when he left speaking, he said unto Simon. Now, this is where Jesus used Peter's boat as a pulpit. And he said, he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought or a draft. Notice he said nets, plural here. And Simon answering said unto him, Now, I know y'all have never argued with God before. But he said, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now, I don't just, I don't believe that he just went right on and said, we have told all the night nevertheless at their word. I don't believe that's how he said that. I believe there was this big pause in there because there's no punctuations in the Greek. They just stuck them in there where they kind of figured it was. But I have a feeling there should be a dot, 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 dot like a big pause in there. Because I can just hear Peter saying, Listen, uh, you know, Master, come on. I mean, I know, man, I just got all my nets cleaned. I mean, just got everything put up. I've been out there all night, Lord. I'm so tired, I can't hardly see straight. There's three of you. I'm tired. Lord, I, mean, I just want to... We didn't catch nothing. There ain't nothing out there. And then I believe that there was a quiet. And I believe Jesus probably just stood there looking at him, not saying a word. Kind of like those Pharisees that was out there and all them priests when he was writing in the sand. Yeah, you know, I I just kind of stood there looking at him like, you know, not needing to say a word. Sometimes silence is golden. And then I believe Peter said, you know, nevertheless, okay, okay. I'll tell you what, nevertheless, it's your word, (laughs) I will. And he went out there, and he let down his nets. The Bible says he let down a net, or the net. He said, enclosed, he said, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. See that? You know what? There's a message I preach called, Okay, try it now. (laughs) You see, I don't care what you've done. You know what, Sister Gwen? You and I talked about this some time back. About he not wanting to hear that word. And it just wasn't time yet. But I want to tell you something. I don't care how many times you've tried something. You may have tried something and it may have fell on deaf ears, but it just wasn't God's timing just yet. Amen. But when God says, go, praise the Lord, when Jesus says, okay, try it now, hallelujah, let me tell you something. There's going to be a different result when you're sent, praise God, because they will follow the sent. And when God sends you and says, go, praise the Lord there's going to be a difference. It was the same with Peter. They had toiled all the night. But you know what? They didn't go out there and toil again. They didn't toil all up and down through there, dragging nets all over the place, uh, hours and hours and hours. All they had to do when Jesus sent them was let down their net. And the fishes jumped in the net because they were sent and those, and they were drawn. Praise God. The fish were already there. God, listen, you can get there with your nets ahead of the fish. You, the fish can get there ahead of the boat. But when God's in it, they come together in the right place. And they've all come together, praise God, at the order of the king. The fish were there because God sent the fish to that place. They came there and, and the boat had already arrived too early. They got there ahead of the fish. God has an order and a timing, and it's right on the money. And so when Jesus says, it's time, it's time. That's right. I know you did. <laughs> uh huh. Oh yeah. Amen. Amen, that's right, that's right. And God was leading him. See, God brought the fish. The Lord said, I will make you fishers of men. And God brought the fish, and he brought the fishermen together. Amen. You know what happens when you bring the fish and the fishermen together? Praise God. The fish get caught. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. Praise God. You know what? They get in that net and they're stuck. Praise God. And that's what we want. Stuck. Praise God. Stuck in the net of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm caught. Hallelujah. In the net of Jesus. Praise God. Ooh, that's a song waiting to be written right there. I'm caught in the net of the Lord. Amen. What's this right here? What's this? I don't know what it is. Plug it in. Let's listen to it. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. You just let God lead that. God's already working. Praise God. He's got that. Hallelujah. You know. Amen. Now. He said, let down your net. Man, they did. Praise God. It's timing. God was in it. God built that harvest right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. He ain't going to send you out there so that you return void. God has a purpose. God has a purpose. I'm going to show you something tonight. Lord, don't change it between now and then. That I bet you missed in the Word of God. And I'll tell you what. It's pretty, pretty slick. Pretty slick. I was looking at it earlier today. Anyway. Now, there was a difference. God was in it this time. God ordered the boat and little fishies this time. God orchestrated the harvest this time. God orchestrated the catch this time. What he was showing, what he was showing Peter here was listening. When I send you, you're going to get what you're going after. That's what he was showing him right here. I told you, go. The reason they didn't catch nothing, and I just about tell you, they did not catch one fish that night because Jesus was making a point that he wanted to be very specifically clear. You caught nothing because there was nothing there to catch. You tried your way. But I sent you into that place where there was nothing before. And now... It's more than you can haul in. You're going to have to call for help. See, he also taught him to listen carefully because he told him to let down his nets and he only let down one net and the net break. See, listen carefully, follow closely. Amen. It's almost like there's another message somewhere, maybe by that title. But you see, the Lord showed Peter several things right there in that moment of time. Peter learned that when Jesus says go, he said go, man. I mean, listen, he's already showed me one time how that works. There was nothing there and I know there was nothing there and God sent me out there the same place and I came back, couldn't even, couldn't even haul it all in. Amen. God was showing him when I'm in it, it's there. If I tell you it's there, buddy, it's there. Amen. Peter was learning to trust Jesus. Yes. Amen. They'll come. That's right. And you know what? Here's the thing too. Listen, it may not be for the multitudes. It may be for just a chosen few. Whatever it is, I just want this ministry to have a harvest. I want this ministry to be effective. You know, it's wonderful. It would be wonderful to have this place full. And I pray that God fills it up. But I just want to know that somebody is benefiting from this ministry. I want to know that I'm making a difference somewhere. Amen. I know that, you know, some fall on death, on hard ground. Some fall on stony ground. Some are choked out by the, by the cares of this life. I understand that because that's the Bible. But I want to know that some found good ground and some is prospering whereunto he sent it. See, I want to know that. And, and, and you know, of course, the devil's always there to discourage. And so, you know, when I can see something that's coming from it, that encourages me to go another mile, you see? Amen. And so, praise God, as with each one of us, you know, the Bible says exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because in the last days, men shall wax worse and worse. In the last days, men will not endure sound doctrine. Why do we need more encouragement? Because what we're doing is growing less, more, is less popular by the day. What we're doing is becoming less and less common all the time. It's becoming more, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's just becoming obsolete. As somebody said the other day, oh, oh are you uh are you the new Pentecostal? Are you the old Pentecostal? I said what? <laughs> what? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you know. Modern, modern Pentecostals was a mod not what do you mean modern Pentecostal? Modern Pentecostal, oh you mean the ones that have thrown down all the standards and decided to live like hell? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, I'm not modern Pentecostal I'm Pentecostal because I've had that Pentecostal experience. Praise God. They ain't but one Pentecostal. And they, you know, holiness, this is uh, holiness, this Bible's full of holiness, and without holiness, no man's gonna see God. And those same people that asked me that claim their Christianity and all that kind of stuff. But the last Sunday that I was out, or the last Saturday I was out there, they were all drinking and all that kind of stuff, talking about what Christians they were and all that, and they didn't go to church Sunday, they were out at the Deerlease. You know, I love the woods, folks. I love the woods. I love to be out in the woods. But this is the Lord's day. This day belongs to my King. Hallelujah. He's one created them woods. And I you know what? I want to love the Creator more than the creation. Amen. Now Romans chapter ten. Romans chapter ten. Verse 13 says, well, let's look at 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sister uh, Sister Gwen, get me Acts 22.16. This is what it's talking about here when it says, Call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then... Shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How are they going to call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? 22.16 of Acts. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Remember, the Bible says, preach the Word. Preach what? The Word. The Word. Don't preach theory, don't preach opinion, preach the Word. Just what Sister Gwen did preach the word. I don't I can't go by opinion, no matter what I think, no matter what I uh, uh think I, it what matters is what the word says. That's what I gotta go by. I gotta go by the word, because I didn't write it. Man, I didn't make this I didn't set the plan of salvation. I'm not the one that said you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I didn't write that. Man, that's not my will. It's Jesus' will. It's the King of Kings, man. I didn't write this book. I didn't write one word, verse chapter nine. I didn't write this. I'm just a servant, man. I just work here. I mean, it's like going to a place that has certain rules. You know, you go to a restaurant, uh, and and the guy in the front says, "I'm sorry, sir, but you have to wear a jacket to come in this place." Why, you no count loser, you man? What in the world? You, I can, I hate you. What are you hating that guy for? He didn't make the rules. That guy's just the doorkeeper. He's just the guy that tells you what the rule book says. He's not the one who wrote it. That guy could care less. I'm going to tell you, man, if it, if it didn't matter to God or whatever, man, I mean, whatever God's will is, I, I mean, listen, it wouldn't matter to me what you did. But it matters to him because he wrote it in this book right here. And so all I'm doing is giving you the message that God sent to me and sent me to tell you. Amen. So, it says here, it says, how shall they preach without a preacher? Or here without a preacher. And how shall they preach except they be sent? See? Now, one thing that's sometimes difficult to, to comprehend or to think about, and it's hard to swallow, but, uh, Listen, the Bible says it this way, and we're going to look at it here in just a minute, but, but you know, the thing that preachers have to, uh, a hard time understanding is that just because Jesus sent you uh, don't mean everybody's going to follow you. And, and that's hard to swallow sometimes. Because you think and you know, that devil saying, well, you ain't sent, you ain't sent. Because, man, if you were sent, man, people would quit leaving the church. No, the Bible says his sheep know his voice. It don't matter how good they look. It does not matter how much they jump up and down, speak in tongues and shout hallelujah. It does not matter what they do. If their heart's not in the right place, if they have a rebellious heart, eventually you're going to come across something they ain't going to want to follow. Because their heart is not right toward God. And if they leave, let me tell you how Jesus said it. There's going to be lots of people that's had the Holy Ghost that ain't going to make it. He said, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. The Bible says smite. A Waco sword against my uh, uh, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, my friend. He wasn't mad at that preacher. A lot of people look at that and say, oh, well, man, he was mad at that guy. That preacher was a no-count loser. No, he wasn't. The Lord said, Waco sword against my fellow. How many of you know this sword right here, I don't care how good and how holy you are, this is the sword, and it cuts you going and coming, and I guarantee you there's not anybody that's ever walked to this side of heaven. There's not anybody but Jesus that, that this sword cannot trim some off of right here. God can send this very word against some part of you that is not lined up with it. I guarantee you. And he said, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow. Smite the shepherd. Well, now, he was a perfect man. You know what? God can't smite you unless there is something that's imperfect in you. God will see to that. God ain't going to never allow you to be too perfect. God ain't going to never allow you to be that perfect. He's going to always leave himself a place to come in. Always, he said, "Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, the man who is my fellow, smite the sheep, and the shepherd, uh, smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall scatter." Now, some of them sheep was running along real good. Probably some of them was shouting in the Holy Ghost. Probably some of them was all just, man, they was all, woo. And he said, "You know what? Two parts therein will fall away and die." Mm -hmm. But a third shall be left therein. Yeah. A third shall be left therein, and I will bring them through the fire. Praise God. And they shall be tried as gold is tried. Amen. Refine them as silver is refined. Try them as gold is tried, and they will come out. Praise God. Hey, I want to tell you something, church no matter how pure you seem to be, God can still separate the good from the bad. God can cause those things in you to rise up and be exposed where He can deal with them. Now, how shall they preach except they be sent? Now, it said, "Now it said there in Romans except they be sent and let me get back over there right quick and sister Gwen hold on a second now okay now you have uh you have that scripture there it says so who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved go ahead sister 22:16 Acts 22:16 See there and here it says in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. That's what it's talking about right there. This is not talking about somebody just uh, saying, Jesus, and you're saved. Oh, no. uh, uh-uh, No, this is talking about the plan of salvation. This was at the fore, foremost front of the conversations that they had. Uh, it said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's if you endure to the end. That also goes in this as well. But this is rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, okay. Now, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent? As I said in Psalms 127 except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Amen. So it don't matter. It don't matter what it looks like. I know God called me. I know God sent me. Am I a perfect preacher? Are you kidding me? That Man, I couldn't even tell you how unperfect I am. I don't know why in the world God called me. But I know He called me. I don't know why in the world God sent me. But I know He sent me. Praise God. And I praise God that He must see something that I just can't see. And I praise God that there's evidently something in me He can use. Cause I sure see a lot of things He can't use. And I'm thankful that evidently He sees something in me He can use. Praise God. And I'm thankful that God has sent some things out through me. Uh, praise God. I don't know where they went to. A lot of times I look around, I can't see them. I wonder, well, God, well, now, <laughs> what happened to everybody? I mean, Lord, where's everybody at? But you see, we're not supposed to be walking by sight. I look around sometimes, I say, well, God, you know, Lord, listen, I I preach my, I preach my lungs out, God. I can't even hardly talk anymore. I preach my voice plumb out. Lord, I get where I can't sing a lick. I've just sung so much and preached so much and stuff, I can't even, I can't even hardly get the words out sometimes, God. Where's everybody at? Lord, why? They ain't nobody here, Lord. Where's everybody at? And, you know, but the thing is, that's not walking by faith, that's walking by sight. But we expect to see something. But, can then, you know, then the little devil says, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Huh. Where's the fruit at, fruity? Hey, you're not looking too fruity now, are you? Huh? Uh-huh. Well, you know what the Lord said. Well, you'll know them by their fruit. Well, now, where's the fruit? See? But I have to walk by faith, knowing that there's fruit going on everywhere. I can't see a lot of it. I can see some fruit this morning. But I know there's got to be more fruit out there. I know there's got to be more fruit out there. Praise God. And then I hear of... Seeds being sown. I hear of hungers being stirred up. I hear of conviction coming. Amen. That's good. That's good stuff. Who knows? There may be somebody this morning sitting there listening to a tape, knowing that they need to be in the house of God, but they're not. And God's wearing them out over it. I hope I'm not the only one on the planet getting wore out by God. Because He sure does wear me out sometimes. Does He you? Does He ever just reach down in and just start twisting on your insides? And you're thinking, Oh, God. I mean, it just almost makes you sick. There's just that heavy burdensome feeling in there that you know you need to be doing something you ain't doing. You know you ought to be saying something you ain't saying. You know you ought to be doing something you're not doing. Or you know maybe sometimes that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Whatever the situation, God reaches down in there. I praise God He knows where my inner man is. I praise God He's got a grip on my life. I mean on my very livelihood. I praise God that He can still reach me, that I'm still reachable. I praise God that He's put something in me He can still get a hold of, praise God. Because I tell you what, if we're not careful, we can harden these old hearts. And man, and, and God can't do nothing with that. I praise God that there's still a softness in me. A still a, there's still a, a, a part of me that can hear His voice. I praise the Lord for that. I don't know what he's doing, but I believe with everything in me he's doing something. Amen. John ten. John ten one. Okay, we're gonna get some scriptures now. Let's go to John ten. John ten one. Now listen to what it says here. John 10, 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You know, Let me tell you who this you, Anybody know who this is talking to? Let me tell you who this is talking to. This is talking to pastors, preachers. Bear with me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now the name, Jesus said, I am the door. To the sheepfold. So what he's saying is, he that entereth in, not by the door. They didn't enter in by the name of Jesus. They're not the shepherd. They're thieves and robbers. But he said to him, the porter openeth. In other words, God gives you the keys into this kingdom, and the, he's the porter, and 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 the sheep hear his voice. What sheep? God's sheep. The Lord's true sheep. Hear His voice. This world is in all kind of buildings they're calling churches this morning. But if those people didn't come through the name of Jesus, Jesus said, I am the door to the sheepfold. And He said, any man that climbeth up any other way, whether it be seminary or getting a Ph.D. in this or that. But if you didn't come up, if you didn't come through Jesus' name, you didn't come through Jesus, then the Bible says it's a thief and a robber. And he says, listen. He says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. See that? So the sheep follow this man that entereth in by the door. But those that are not following that man that are in by the door are not his sheep. Now, let me tell you, sometimes sheep go astray. We know that. And I have been known to be a sheep hunter. I've been known to herd a few sheep. But I ain't going to spend all my time trying to round up a bunch of sheep that keep flipping the gate open, running out the door. I'm not going to spend all my time chasing after wayward sheep. Now, there's sheep sometimes that go astray. But it's like I always say, there are some times when your ox gets in a ditch and you have to go get your ox out of that ditch. But if every time you turn around, that ox is getting in the ditch, it's time to get rid of that ox you got a ditch-prone docks. And you need to trade him in on a better model that ain't going to go hunting for ditches to get in. Amen. Well, a sheep can't pull much of a load. (laughs) But several of them together could. Now, anyway. But this parable that spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Amen. Now, John, same chapter, go down to verse 25. Oh, no, let's just go on. Let's just read down through there. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd... The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, but he that is in hireling and not the sheep on not the shepherd, who's on the sheep or not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he's in hireling and, and careth not for the sheep. This is what happens in places around where when the money runs out, the preacher's gone. It happens a lot. It happens more than you hear about. I mean, uh, well, you know, uh, yeah, just, uh, well, uh, listen, I gotta make a living. I mean, you know, and so, huh, I mean, you know, I can't be hanging around unless we got, you know, 50, 75 people, you know, knocking down at least a couple hundred dollars a week. I mean, you know, I mean, I gotta make some money. I gotta have, you know, six figures a year. I can't stay in here for nothing. Or problems arise, and, buddy, he's gone. No. The Bible says, the hireling fleeth because he's a hireling and careth not for the sheep. Going down, it says, Alright, verse 25. Verse 25 says this, Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. See, and so here here, he declares, I know my sheep, and my sheep know my voice. You know what? What is Jesus' voice? Here it is. He said, the voice of the Word. This is the words of Jesus right here. He said, my sheep hear my voice. But you know, the Bible says, hearing they hear not, seeing they see not. Lest at any time they should hear with their ears and see with their eyes and believe and understand, and I should heal them. See? (coughs) They don't want that. (coughs) There's a lot of people that hear it. I can preach my lungs out. And they hear it, and they know it's right, but they put their fingers in there, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. They don't want to hear it because they don't want to change. They don't want to change it, see? There's a lot of people that deny, that will silence the voice that they're hearing. They'll silence it. There's a lot of times that the Lord's saying, quit that. And you just kind of... I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I did. did you hear something? I didn't hear nothing. No, I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear. Stop that. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing. Next thing you know, you know what? You silence that voice long enough, it'll quit talking to you. You've numbed yourself to it. You've calloused over that area. That area is no longer tender enough to be touched by God. That's a scary place to be. That's the very thing that'll take you under right there. The place you've calloused over. God expects you to grow every day. He expects you to continually grow closer and changing every day. And we should. Amen. Now, okay. I'm trying to hurry here. Verse 5 of that scripture of 10 through 6, or 1 through 6 says, A stranger will they not follow. Amen. They will not follow a stranger. Yet there are people that I've seen that God brought to this church. And because they would not endure sound doctrine, they left and they follow another one. They follow somebody else. That tells me that they're not, they're not his sheep. At this point in time, they're, no, they're not his sheep. They're walking outside the will of God. When you get outside that covenant, you're in a bad place. Now, how many of you know Jesus himself was sent? Amen. The flesh side of Jesus was sent. God himself, which is spirit, came down and robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. He robed himself. He created He created a son in the flesh. He created a fleshly son made of a woman under the law. What law? This is another thing I want to talk to you about for just a few moments this morning. Bear with me. Uh, what law? Look at look at John 9, back up to John 9, and let's go, let's go to verse 1. No, that's not it, that's not it. Galatians, go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 4. But when the fullness, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Okay. Let me ask you a question, something that you probably hadn't considered before. What law is he talking about here? Made of a woman, made under the law. Really? Think about it. Made of a woman, made under the law. Galatians chapter four. Four. Four and four. Made under the law. He was made under the law of the harvest. Seed harvest. He was made under the law of procreation. She conceived of the Holy Ghost and brought forth the Son. Made of a woman under the law. Seed And harvest. Law of the harvest. Sowing and reaping. Seed was sown in the woman. The woman brought forth the harvest. Made of a woman made under the law. To redeem all of those made under the law. Mankind was made under the law of procreation after the first Adam. Now, as also, as it's a vast full word. It was also made to follow under the law to redeem those, his brothers, that were also under that same law as well. To redeem them that were under the law that they might receive the adoption of sons. They were fleshly. They were of the law of the flesh. But Jesus was to die to the flesh, and bring forth that spirit. He was to be born again of that spirit, and that's what happens to man when they go down in the name of Jesus Christ. They are born of the spirit, and they are no longer under the bondage of flesh. The, the spirit is supposed to become more powerful. And so that's why it tells us to not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. See? That which is fleshly is, or that which is of the flesh is fleshly. That which of the spiritual is spiritual. See? And so, uh, here the Lord was to redeem them from that fleshly law that warreth in our members. Now, Jesus was sent, sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. He didn't just pop in and was, here I am. He was made under the law of the harvest. He was made under the law of the flesh. He was made under the laws of man, of a woman, and of a seed. Amen. So that He might redeem them. He had to die so that the Spirit would reign supreme. He died a sinless sacrifice to kill that flesh once and for all. And that would undo what was done in the Garden of Eden many, many years before. Now, it's a whole nother topic, but nevertheless, in closing, I want to say this. You will never, ever face battles like you're going to face until you get in the Holy Ghost. Man, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that's when the battle's truly on because the Bible says that the flesh warreth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. Paul himself, Stated many times in the Bible about this battle. Look at Romans 7, 18. Romans seven eighteen. Paul was talking here. He said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. That word where he says, I would there, in the Greek, that means that which I prefer or would choose. That's what that word means. That "that which I would or that which I choose or that which I prefer is what that word means. I do not, verse 19. But the evil which I would not or would choose not or prefer not, that I do. How many of you ever done something When? why in the world... Did I do that? Knowing, I know that ain't godly. I know that's not what God would have me do. What is wrong? You stupid idiot. What in the world wrong with you? Paul understood this. And he said, man, he said, look. He said, I know that in me. He said, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. You're not going to find no good in your flesh. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil that I would not, that I do. He said, now, if I do that, I would not, or that, that I prefer not, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Let me tell you, we are a sinful people. And sin dwelleth in us. Sometimes sin dwells in us. We are in the flesh, but we have to cause that spirit to become more powerful than that flesh, to keep us from surrendering to the uh, desires of the flesh, the things that we would not. This is a battle of the spirit in the mind and the flesh. See? He says, I find then a law (laughs) that when I would do good, or when I would prefer to do good, evil is present with me. How many of you have ever battled with yourselves? I'm going to tell you, a life, a day in the life of Travis is a war. It's just one battle after another. People must think I've lost my mind, because I'll be going down the road just giving myself a fit thinking man what in a, you are the stupidest one person i believe i've ever met god ain't putting up with me no more i've had it with me <laughs> i tell you church there's two sides to us there's that spiritual you that wants to go the right way and do the right things and there's that carnal you that says, can't we all just get along? Now, spirit man, spirit woman, you can have them on Sunday, but now Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday during the day, and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they're mine. See, but we need to feed that spiritual man or woman that says, no, no, they're mine all the time. They don't belong to themselves. They're bought with a price. Therein is the war. See, Paul said, he said, I find then a law. A law. You know what that is? That's the law that says the flesh wareth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. That's a law. It wareth in his members. That's that war that goes on in our members. Our body and our mind and, 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 and tries to take over our mind wants us to do certain things, but the spirit uses up. Oh, but ain't right. No, I need to be praying right now. See, Amen. Romans eight back. Uh, going just a little bit further. And we're closing right now. Romans eight one says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh or don't follow after the flesh, but they follow after the Spirit. They follow the Spirit, that voice that leads them in the right path. They don't follow after that flesh, which says, go do this and go this way. 8.4 says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 8.13 says this, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. We follow the Spirit. The Bible tells us, walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Remember, church, If God didn't send it, leave it alone. If God ain't in it, you don't want it. If God did not send the Word, then it's not His Word. If it ain't sent of God, don't follow it. Follow the sent. Amen.